I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. And from a neuroscience perspective, our prefrontal cortex is responsible for this decision-making. And our prefrontal cortex, like most everything else in our body, has limited capacity. It has limited capacity. You guys, we have a bandwidth for making decisions. So overloading that prefrontal cortex with constant choices leads to decision fatigue. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Michelle Grosser here. You are listening to the Calm Mom Podcast. Welcome. If you've been around before, welcome back. So grateful you guys are with us today. We're going to talk about some ways in which we can reduce overwhelm this holiday season because y'all don't need me to tell you. It could be a lot. Uh, But before we jump into it, I want to ask you if you have enjoyed the Calm Mom podcast, if you've gotten any encouragement or learned anything or it's had any impact on your life, your mental and emotional health, your physical health, your motherhood, all the things, 
It would mean the world to me if you could leave the show a five-star rating and a short review. It's the best way we can get this show out in front of other moms just like you and also personally, you guys. I don't know if you know how much your reviews mean to me. I struggle sometimes with imposter syndrome like anyone else. It's something I've done work around. Um, I have tools for it now. It doesn't hold me back. I do scary freaking stuff almost every day. Um, but like anyone else, I, it creeps up sometimes. And let me tell you what, I was feeling it this morning and I sat down to like write and record this episode and I popped into the podcast and I read the latest review. Let me see if I can pull it up now. But it just like did so much for my soul and it encouraged me so much. It's a review from Lemon55. And she says, every episode is always thought provoking. I take something away. I'm practicing being curious about so much of my personality. Thanks to all the thoughts you share. Uh, as a stay-at-home mom with two under two, running my own business from my kitchen counter, girl, I relate so hard to that, and a husband who is wonderful but working a ton, you remind me to spend time every day taking care of myself. Thank you. I look forward to every episode. So thank you, 11.55. Um, man, that encouragement just gets me through sometimes, and it just inspires me to keep putting this content out for you guys. So your feedback is just all the warm fuzzies. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys so much. All right. Overwhelm. Overwhelm. I think sometimes when we feel overwhelmed, or I'll speak for myself, before I understood and started doing this work and had my own coaches, I would often say like, I'm so overwhelmed. Like Jeff would be like, what is going on with you today? I was like, "Ah, I'm so overwhelmed. Or like, you know, stuff would be coming up at work. And I would tell my assistant like, I'm so overwhelmed. And when we say we're so overwhelmed or we're just like exasperated and we're like, I'm overwhelmed. What happens? I was taught this by one of my coaches and she's like, listen, when you say you're overwhelmed, that gives all your power away. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, dang, she's so true. (laughs) When we say we're so overwhelmed, where does our focus go? It goes to the overwhelm. It doesn't give us any clarity. It doesn't give us any information. It doesn't help us prepare a course of action. And so it's just kind of this like, resignation. We're just like, ah, I'm overwhelmed. So much to do that. Well, I'm not going to do anything, right? Or we get resentful or we get irritable, grows our dysregulation or whatever. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, overstimulated over all the things, right? In the next few weeks, I want you to challenge yourself to get specific. Like what exactly feels overwhelming in this moment? Is it I don't know, buying and wrapping all the gifts, right? Is it like the 754 emails you got from your kid's school this week, like I did, about all the activities and like they need cereal boxes and toilet paper rolls and gifts for the teachers and the day of their Christmas, um, whatever program at school and they have to bring in a gift that's wrapped or a book that's wrapped for a gift exchange at their class. Like so many... <laughs> things when on top of everything else, right? I have to do like that felt overwhelming for me. Is it the thought of like all the year end stuff that you want to do at work or in your business? And you know that your kids are gonna be home for two weeks. And you're just anticipating that feeling of like being pulled in all directions. Do you have extended family that's going to fly in right to town for the holidays and they're going to stay with you or by you or near you and that feels overwhelming? Like just get specific, nail it down. 
And if it's a lot of stuff because, you know, the mental load around the holidays is absurd, frankly, like if we let it, right? Like just start writing stuff down, just brain dump. And then from a nervous system perspective, you guys, like when we're asking our system to process more information, more stimulation than it can handle, that's when we experience overwhelm. But when we get specific about the overwhelm, we take our power back. When you get specific about your overwhelm, you take your power back. You know what's weighing on you and then you can start to do something about it, right? You can start chipping away at it. You can start making a plan. You can start asking for help, delegating, saying no, right? Reducing, even maybe eliminating some of those things that feel overwhelming to you. So let's talk about three strategies that I think can really help to reduce that sense of overwhelm. Yes, in the holiday season, because that's where we're at, but also just like in life, right? These are strategies that work at all times. So the first strategy to help you reduce overwhelm this holiday season is that I want you guys to beware, be aware and beware of your sensory inputs. Like, yes, there is a ton of stuff to do. It feels like that around the holidays, right? Our mental load can have so much additional stuff it's tracking during the holiday season. And let's be real, the holidays also bring a ton of lights and noise, sounds, activity, or sugar cookies that make our kids like super hyper, changes in routines and schedules that can make our kids all tired and whiny, us tired and whiny. Like it's super easy to get overstimulated. And that can be overwhelming, right? All the stimulation can overwhelm our nervous system, especially if you're one out of 10 of us, right? Who are highly sensitive people. Or if you think of yourself maybe as an introvert. So be aware of your environment. If you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling overstimulated, look around, right? Take a look around. What noise can you turn off or reduce? Like turn off the music, turn off the TV, turn off like whatever the kids have going on, have them put headphones in. You put headphones in with calming music or noise canceling headphones, right? Step outside for a minute. Tell your kids, I don't know, to, to go into another room. You go take a shower in, still, in stillness. Maybe you want to adjust the lighting. Maybe there's like bright lighting everywhere, Christmas lights blinking and twinkling or something. If you find that to be overstimulating, unplug some of that stuff, dim your lights right? If it's going to be a long stretch in hosting people or entertaining or spending a lot of time around people, if that is something that you know can be overwhelming to your system that can drain you, intentionally like do it now. Intentionally block out some alone time. Intentionally block out some quiet time to protect yourself from the overwhelm of sensory overload because it's real. It's real. So that's number one. Number two, the other thing, second thing I think that we can do to help protect ourselves against overwhelm this season is we want to avoid decision fatigue, decision fatigue, right? So many decisions that we are going to be tasked with making (laughs) this holiday season, gifts, right? What are you going to gift everyone, your family, your extended family, the teachers, the friends, the mail carrier, I don't know, meals, right? What are you going to be cooking? What are you going to be bringing? The whole schedule, who's going to be what, when, where, who needs like a ride somewhere, who needs to be at the Christmas program on this day or the gift exchange or in the classroom or at this holiday party or do we have a sitter, all the things, right? 
What are you going to wear to all of this stuff? This is just like, I don't know, stuff I'm throwing off the top of my head, but we all have decisions that we're going to have to make through the holiday season. And from a neuroscience perspective, our prefrontal cortex is responsible for this decision making. And our prefrontal cortex, like most everything else in our body, has limited capacity. It has limited capacity. You guys, we have a bandwidth for making decisions. So overloading that prefrontal cortex with constant choices leads to decision fatigue. So what do we do? Like on a really practical level, what do we do? Well, we can pre-plan certain aspects of this holiday season. So we can pre-plan meals. We can pre-plan what we're going to wear. We can pre-plan some of this stuff and it reduces the number of daily decisions that we're going to have to make. And that helps to preserve those cognitive resources. The other thing that we can do, and this is super important, is we can prioritize important decisions, you guys. Stop overthinking the small stuff. Stop overthinking the less important stuff. And here's why from a brain perspective. Our brain allocates more resources to critical decisions. I'm going to say that again. Our brain allocates more resources to critical decisions. Here's the catch. What happens though when we are telling our brain that everything is super important? That's exhausting, right? It doesn't have the capacity to do that. It's trying to prioritize and we're like, alarm, alarm, alarm. All this stuff is super important when that's not actually true. And that leads, that leads to fatigue. That leads to overwhelm. So ask yourself, like what's actually important? Maybe don't stress the gift to Aunt Edna, right? Because if you prioritize everything, you prioritize nothing. If you prioritize everything, you prioritize nothing. So pre-plan what you can and then don't overthink that minor stuff, right? Get yourself a true, real list of priorities in this season. And then this last one is just like a hack that I think I found to be super helpful. And I think it can also help us avoid decision fatigue. I've talked about on the podcast before. Multitasking is really stressful to your nervous system. Constantly switching between tasks is really stressful to your nervous system. It actually increases stress. The release, I can't speak, the release of stress hormones in our system. So instead of trying to do, instead of trying to plan 7,000 different things at the same time, sit down. And be like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to go online and I'm going to order all of the remaining gifts that I'm holding in my mental load right now. On Tuesday, I'm going to, I don't know, whatever else it is you have to do. Tuesday, I'm going to plan out all of the menus and all of the grocery lists for the holidays. On Wednesday, I'm going to get a handle on like our schedules and where the kids have to be and who's going to be bringing them and picking them up and babysitters for holiday event parties or whatever, right? Just sit down and see if you can plan out batch days to do some of these tasks. Because when we group similar decisions together, right? That's what we're doing when we're batching this stuff. If we, when we group these similar decisions together, it reduces the cognitive load, which means that our brain can use similar processes for related tasks. So when we sit down and we take one hour to plan menu and the grocery list for the holidays, those are similar processes. Those are related tasks. 
and it helps our brain. It reduces our cognitive load. It minimizes the multitasking, the constant switching tracks, right? Switching between tasks. And that will help avoid decision fatigue. So that's number two. Do you often find yourself working really hard to keep everyone around you happy? Do you often wonder if others like you or or maybe what they think about you? Do you struggle to set boundaries? You really love being connected to others. Maybe you trust others really easily. How about this one? Do you tend to be quite talkative? You might have thought all of these were just parts of your personality, but they're actually coping mechanisms that you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And then over time, those defenses became a habit, and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns, and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are, but rather what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. And number three, the third thing I want to bring you guys, and this is more of a mindset one. And you've probably heard me, if you listen to the show, you've probably heard me talk about this before because I talk about it a lot. And that's because I think it's so important. And I know that it can eliminate a lot of overwhelm if we just can wrap our heads around this whole thing. This is number three. Release your attachment to how you think Christmas should be. Release your attachment to how Christmas needs to be for it to be quote unquote successful, right? Release it. Release your attachment to how things should be. This applies in parenting. This applies in marriage. This applies in your work life. When we get hyper fixated on how things should be, and I'm like putting should in air quotes, how they should be, right? People should be doing this. Christmas morning should feel like this. My in-laws should be helping with X, Y, and Z. When we're attached to how we think things, air quotes, should be, and a lot of this is often unconscious, you guys. When, when we, when we are attached to how we think things should be, what we do is that we tend to take on responsibility for things that are actually out of our control. <laughs> so I'm not saying we shouldn't set goals. I'm not saying we shouldn't have vision. I'm not saying like there's something we're working to. I'm saying hold loose to those things and get really clear on what it is that's actually important and what it is that's actually within your control, which is a very short list, right? Your attitude, your responses, your perspective, your nervous system. Those are the things that you actually have control over. Release your attachment to everything else. So for example, like, okay, Michelle, put this in practical 
term, so I get what you're talking about. Let's say you were planning a night where the whole family is going to like put on Christmas pajamas. You're going to make hot chocolate. Everyone's going to get in the car. You're going to play Christmas music and you're going to drive around at night and see all of the Christmas lights. I love this idea. And as you're planning it, you're just like imagining the joy and the wonder and the memories you're going to be creating. But here's the thing. When we get too attached to how much everyone else is going to love it and how much joy it's going to bring everyone else and whatever, we can get severely disappointed by reality, (laughs) right? Like you can probably bring up a scenario when you have these expectations. They were not met because we are dealing with human beings, a lot of times very small human beings who have undeveloped brains, right? Are unable to regulate themselves. We have these expectations and then we are hit with a hangover when those expectations are not met, right? We get so attached to how we think these things are going to be that we start to get severely disappointed by what actually is, by reality. The baby starts screaming because he's born in his car seat, right? Your kids start fighting about, I don't know, who gets to sit by the window to see the lights. You're supposed to be doing this at 7 p.m., but your husband's running late at work and now it's you know 7.30 and he just walked in the door and no one's in their Christmas pajamas yet. And all of a sudden, you have this expectation hangover. This was supposed to be this way. And I say supposed, right? It should have been this way to be super fun. And now you're super disappointed. And I think if we're not aware of it, this is amplified. This happens so frequently around the holidays because we we hold so tightly to creating, you know, the magic of Christmas. And we want our kids to have this like ideal childhood holiday experience. And sometimes our own expectation of how things should be can cause us a lot of overwhelm. It can cause us to overfunction. It can cause us to take on responsibility for things that are not actually ours, all in an effort to try to make this quote unquote perfect ideal, right? How we'd imagined things would be giving our kids something that maybe we didn't necessarily have an opportunity to experience in childhood. And when we're stuck to all of that attachment, we lose our ability to be present in real life, to be present in how things are actually going. So if this, this one in particular, if this resonates for you, if this is landing, start to notice if disappointment or control or urgency is creeping in and that feels overwhelming to you because you're doing all the things to try to make this experience perfect or ideal for you, for your kids, for your husband, for your family. In what ways are you so attached to those shoulds? This is how it should be, how it should feel, how it should look, how whatever that you miss or maybe even worse that you ruin what actually is. What actually is. So I think it's going to help somebody. <laughs> I think it's going to help somebody take what fits, um, leave what doesn't, but be aware of your sensory, sensory inputs. Try your best. Do what you can to avoid that decision fatigue and then really grow in your awareness of where you have attachments to how Christmas needs to be, how Christmas should be, and see what work you can do in there to release some of that. Because ultimately, you guys, a lot of this really comes down to keeping the main thing the main thing. (laughs) What is your ultimate goal this holiday season? Like, what does it actually take 
for your children to feel loved, to feel and make like special memories. And how can you focus on that, right? In what ways is your presence in seeing them and loving on them and being there? How is that? How can you carry that out? How can you get to that end goal without getting swept up in all the things, right? Without getting swept up and all the other stuff that can come along that's, you know, shiny objects or can keep us distracted or actually take us away from being present with our families over the holidays. And that's what ultimately builds all of those special memories that we're trying so hard to create. So don't overthink it. Create the space, put in the boundaries that you're going to need so you can be where your feet are this holiday season. I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.